Real Goddess, Discovering Your Divine Destiny by Cherie Sandal, Episode 47, End Goal Schmoll. Real Goddess is the most important thing you can know about in your life. It's the end goal of all we become in this life. Eternity is the wrong thing to be wrong about. You treat differently what you want to last forever. A wise man said that in this current day and age, women will be seen as different and distinct in the happiest of ways. And I'm here to rope you in, sister. They say you should always have an end goal so you can know where you're going. It just makes sense. Like a GPS or Siri, you put in that end goal and you navigate yourself there. How can you get where you are going if you don't know where you are going? They say as if it is so obvious. But why hasn't this worked for me? Before we had children, I thought, I'll figure it out. I know what I'll do with my life someday. But right now I'm busy taking care of the kids. And I thought about it a little bit. But then when the kids got old enough for me to actually do something other than just take care of kids and home make, I still didn't know what to do. So I thought, well, there's got to be an end goal, right? So I started looking into marriage counseling to be a counselor. And I got so far and I studied out my options and what I could do for schooling and what I could do for starting my own business. And then I got an answer in prayer that surprised me. The answer was, no, this is not your thing. This is not your way and it never will be. And I'm thinking, what? I had an end goal and it didn't work. So I kept searching and kept trying to find out what it is I could do with myself that would make a meaningful difference and add to humanity in some way. So it took me about 10 years of searching until I have finally found what I've been doing is the real goddess movement that you're listening to now, as well as creating online marriage classes, which I just love. And I don't actually have clients, but I put out all my research and all my best ideas, put it together creatively in an interesting way. And I love it. And the people who are reviewing my stuff also love it. So I think it's a fit, but it's taken me a while to get to this point. And I kind of think about it as I've been kind of working through this 10 years. It's been kind of like a tango with God, because if I had just done what some people say, well, I'm going to be a doctor and you just go and you do it and you just get the schooling and you just go and you become a doctor. Well, do they tango with God too? I don't think they do. I think they just kind of do their track, whatever it's going to be of their residency and their practice and whatever they have to do to get their their work going. And with God, I keep going to him and saying, okay, now what? And he's like, well, not this. I'll come up with a, a great idea and I'll say, how about this, God? And he says, nope. So I get all these no's. I'm like, okay, so the end goal idea just really doesn't work for me. So then I say, okay, so what should we do then, God? And he just continues to give me no's as I go down my journey, as I kind of knock back and forth against these walls. This? No. This? No. This? Well, maybe for a little while. This? and on and on as I kind of knock along. 
But if you look at it, at it like an actual tango, we're going to dance together. We're going to be in sync with our feet doing the steps together. And then sometimes he twirls me around and lets me do my thing. And I do what I can until I've lost my footing and I send it back to him. And he does a little whatever tango move he does. And he just sort of takes over for a little while. He takes the spotlight. Then he sends it back to me. And I do my little thing because I've regained my footing. And here I am ready to go. And then we both come together and we keep dancing. So it is much like a tango. And at first it was a little frustrating. I'm like, I don't know if I like this dance. And then when I realized that if I could just embrace this way of living instead of just having this expectation that my life has to be like everyone else who became a school teacher, if I can give that up, then really the sky is the limit. I even think of it kind of like being yoked with God. We are both in the same yoke walking along. We've got each other. Like when I think I can't do it, he's got me. He's got that yoke around him that's also connected to me. And sometimes I feel strong enough and I'm carrying that yoke and we're moving forward and things are going good. And then I'm like, oh, I just can't do this. He's like, I gotcha. Just keep on going. We're okay. And we continue in tandem. So it's back and forth, give and take. I want this. Now I need help. And I see that you want me to have this and I can give up this and I want this back. I trust you will help me get this then I am open to submitting to you. It's kind of like a clay cow. So imagine with me. If I were to show my child how to shape a cow out of clay, I'd probably first form an oval piece, then push out a bit for the head. I'd hand it back to my child, who then would make it look like a head and body. Then they might hand it back to me, I'd add one leg, then the other, and pass it back for them to do the other two legs, now that they see how to do it. They might pass it back to me satisfied, but I'd remind them of the face features, from the grass-eating smackers to fly-flapping wobblers. I'd pass it to my child, who, with a smile, then may seem to add a skinny tail. We could continue passing it back and forth depending on our tolerance for detail, but in the end, the child has molded that clay into something recognizable. And actually, the child could probably do it better than me, in all honesty. But I liken this molding unto my experience as to how God shapes us. I've had times in my life where I say, It's my life. I'll do what I want. And then when things don't work as planned, I fall to my knees in humility and tell him, I'll just do whatever you want. He shapes me for a while, then, to my surprise, hands me back and says, Now study it out and find out what you really want. I take on the challenge with rigor until I hit a wall. With my tail between my legs, I return and plead. I tried, but it still isn't right. He takes me back, does some fine-tuning, and the process continues. If I look back and wonder what would have happened if I really did get what I wanted initially, there would have been so much growth lost. It would have looked like the initial stages of the cow with an oval body and indistinguishable head. What I find fascinating is that he trusts me enough to give me back and let me do things on my own for a while, gently prodding until I hit a low and return for more shaping. What I see happening is that what we're really molding is both of our wills together. At one time, I remember reading from Boyd K. Packer. 
Perhaps the greatest discovery of my life came when I finally had the confidence in God that I would loan or yield my agency to Him without compulsion or pressure, without any duress, as a single individual alone, by myself, no counterfeiting, nothing expected other than the privilege. In a sense, speaking figuratively, to take one's agency, that precious gift which the scriptures make plain is essential to life itself, and say, I will do as you direct, is afterward to learn that in so doing, you possess it all the more. So I gave my will 100% to him and said I'd do whatever he inspired me to do, only to find he'd hand it back to me and say, you've got to do your homework. You have to be invested in this. Otherwise, it will be mindless obedience. Then you'd trade back blame because you didn't fully understand what you were getting into. And of course, there's learning along the way, like how to make a cow's long eyelashes. God is pretty smart, but I didn't expect him to play the I'll show you, then you add your thing and we'll continue until we have something sufficient game. Not perfect, mind you, because what art is really ever finished anyway? So when you hand your will over to him, he may not hand you back an instruction manual, but he will guide and individualize your plan because you're really in it together. I have this idea, this visualization, as I think about having no end goal in mind of a water slide. And I don't know, I've been to one park in um, Utah. This is the Seven Peaks Water Park. And some of those slides are suicidal. And about the most easiest slide that I would dare go on is about their most basic one. But my kids love one that's about in the middle. And so they love to go on these slides and they're like, Mom, please go on this. If you go on this, I'll do the dishes for a year for you. And I say, eh, (laughs) I don't think so. I'll do the dishes. (laughs) But I want you to imagine with me. So we don't really know which pool all the slides go to because I swear it's like this big old maze, this tangled web of all these water slides that are running into each other and over each other, and they all have their various colors, so you know, oh, it's the purple one. I know that I like the purple slide, but my kids like the dark blue or the yellow or the light blue slide or whatever it is, and you don't know which little pool it's going to end in, really. So imagine with me, let's say you're a little more brave than me, and you go on a slide like my boys might. And you just hop in there, right? And the water's flowing, and you're kind of rocking back and forth as you go down this slide. You might even lay back like my kids might to go faster, or like me, I sit up to go slower. And you start to go, and sometimes you're in this tunnel part that's dark, and you have no idea where you are. And then sometimes it opens up, and all of a sudden there's all that bright light. And then you see what's coming ahead, and you're like, whoa, what's, what's this? This looks fun. And then let's say you go into a tunnel part and you're not sure what's coming up, but there's actually a fork in the tunnel. Now, I've not actually been in one of these, but this is what comes to my mind. So let's say that suddenly the light shines and you can choose. It's like you have one of those railroad choicer, the little levers that tell you which railroad you're going to go on. Are you going to go right or are you going to go left? 
and you get to choose. You get to pull this lever and you're going to go whoosh to the right or whoosh to the left. And it changes the whole trajectory of whichever pool you're going to end up in. And as you continue down the water slide, it might do that a few times. And you're just like, whoa, right? Yep, we're going right. You pull the lever, whoosh, off you go to the right. And you find this really fun and you really like it. And sometimes you come into the dark places and you're like, this darkness is not ending. This tunnel is continuing forever, it seems, in a dark way. And I don't like this. And then finally it opens up. And then you just feel this gentle rocking in this next part. And you're like, okay, I can handle this. And then you continue on to the whooshing and the splitting and the the changing of your course until finally you end up in this nice little serene pool. You're like, oh, perfect. I got to the end. That was so fun. So how does that feel to you? I know that there are some personalities who would absolutely love that. They love the high thrill of the unexpected. The um, this would be the P in the I in the Myers Briggs system. The P that stands for is it? Let's see. There's the judgment and oh, can you remember? But if you know the Myers Briggs, it's the P. They're the people who would change lanes really quick at the end to take their exit and they don't plan beforehand. Some people like that would love it. But what if you're like the J, the judgment type, who likes to know a little bit beforehand where you're going to have a little plan? Well, I guess life doesn't always work like that because sometimes my life just feels like that water slide where I pull the lever here. But it's more likely that God's saying, nope, not that lever. You keep going this way or here, try this one. Because most of the time, my answers are, no, not this. Again, the end goal has not worked for, for me so far. So what I do do is I create a framework, a skeletal framework where I say, well, this is kind of what I'm looking for. I, I've got this podcast going, which will eventually lead to speaking opportunities, as well as my online classes can lead to speaking opportunities. And I've got the framework set up. I'm, I'm doing what I think is in my best interest right now, but I really don't know what the outcome is going to be. But I've kind of got this general idea where I'm going, and I just work along the skeleton's frame, along a limb, along a rib, along a femur, whatever, as I go along until I get to the head. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is where I am going to be. And I had no idea how I was going to get there. That framework idea has worked for me a lot of various things, even just like going on vacation. You set up the framework, but you really don't know how it's going to end up. Maybe you set up a few hotels, but you really don't know what's going to be from one hotel to the next. So, of course, I always pray to submit to God and not have to know where I'm going. And I may have an idea of the general direction, but I let him direct me. This is fun, inspired, not knowing. So how does this relate to the goddess? Well, it's kind of an interesting way that it relates. Because the end goal is somewhat impossible to comprehend for the eventual goddess. So it's really about living in the present since her eternity will be, well, eternal. Right? So the course is set here on earth for the eventual goddess and the parameters are very certain. Love God and your neighbor and yourself. Keep his commandments. Perform various ordinances 
that require and enable you to be in his presence and endure to the end. But the end goal is still somewhat amorphous. To be with God, to be with your spouse as a tandem God, to create your own worlds, to have your own spirit children, is all actually pretty open-ended. So again, we just don't totally know what the end ever is going to be. It really just starts all over again of not knowing the end. So, we just trust God, we trust ourselves when we get to that point of goddesshood, and know that it's all going exactly right. That you're going just exactly where that water slide is supposed to be taking you to land you into that pool that is just right. I hope you will join me in awakening one million potential goddesses to their divine destiny by sharing this podcast and information with others you think would benefit. And I hope... You have a fabulously, wonderfully uncertain journey as you end up in a place you could never imagine because miracles have happened. <laughs>